This week we're in the Raj, some guy goes on fire, and the Confederados have an assault rifle. Let's get into it. Come on, come on to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music was provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James, and that's Conrad. Hello! <laughs> Hello, Conrad. How are you this week? I'm very well. It's it's. Uh, we've been complaining for the past few weeks about how warm it is in the United Kingdom, and um, as if in response to that, Westworld has taken us out of the frying pan and into the fire by going from the American West to fucking India. So uh, we're... we're um, we're heating it. We're heating things up in Westworld as things continue to be hot in the real world. Yes, we are. Um, so we were in the Raj, as you see. Westworld has given us lots of different parks out of nowhere. Now, can we can we even call this show Westworld anymore? I'm not sure, but uh, well, we will because that's what it's called. But we, yeah. you know, you know. Uh, so Conrad, before we get into the uh, the recap, give us an overall idea. What did you think of the episode? More than one word, preferably. I mean, okay, so. There's some good and bad in this one. Um, I am continue. I continue to be incredulous at the number of confederados who pop up every every goddamn place. <laughs> so many. They're of like them. they're like cockroaches. They just yeah. you, you kill one and and two more take its place. Um, the <laughs> India stuff I'm fascinated about. Um, I, I I've made no secret of the fact that I'm a big fan of samurai movies of Chambara. So I'm uh, very excited about where where the show looks like it's going. Um, in that regard and um, I I had some walking back to do on some problems I had with this series actually in this episode which I won't I won't spoil just yet but there's some character stuff in this episode that really worked for me lovely okay well then let's get into the recap Conrad what do you think let's do it right so we start off in the Raj a park that's based off a period of British rule in India. We meet a new character who's looking for a thrill of the real variety. After getting to know each other, the new friends take a romantic trip to kill some beautiful animals. But oh no, their fun's ruined when a host comes at them with a gun. The guy, he gets killed. But the woman says, I don't think so. Maybe I'll have half your face instead. He obliges and the woman proceeds to run away from an attacking tiger. She manages to get a shot in and then they both fall over the cliff. What follows is an episode full of my two favorite things, Confederados and Betrayal. Dolores tells the Confederados that the humans are coming and then gives the main guy an assault rifle. He tries it out on the tortured milk guy who takes a leaf out of Rickon Stark's book and just runs in a straight fucking line until he meets his eventual end. Maeve then has a run in with some Native Americans before running away. Dolores is reunited with her dad and he remembers her. Maeve and Hector are reunited with the snake lady. Maeve is reunited with Felix. Maeve is reunited with Sylvester. Really? They did this four times in a few minutes? Charlotte meets up with her human friends and passes the human test. Good luck with that one, Bernie. Charlotte then steals Peter. Dolores betrays the Confederados and then goes full Terminator. Later on, she asks Teddy to kill Matthew McConaughey, but he chickens out, which makes Dolores sad. Start of the episode lady arrives in Westworld, and Maeve and her gang get jumped by a samurai. Did I miss anything? 
All right, Conrad. So we start off in India. Um, I think we yeah, will just actually... Just out of nowhere. Just out <laughs> of nowhere. It's like, by the way, India. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I think is funny, actually, I know the name of this world is the Raj. So it's obviously the okay. Raj... The Raj. Um, the the British of... Raj, or the... uh, I believe yeah, is yeah. what the, the name for it was. Like, exactly, probably yeah, turn, but... turn of the century. So there's Westworld, there's Shogun World, and there's the Raj. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's funny. They call it, just call it the Raj. Um, yeah. Okay, so we get a new character at the start here. Um, mm. She a is ca- a couple, a couple, a couple of new characters. One of them lasts a little bit uh, of time. Mm. So we get a woman who is um, sort of approached by a fella. They both he he proves that he is a real person to her because she won't she won't get jiggy with someone who's not because um, yeah. she wants them to really want it. Whereas obviously the robots don't want anything. Unless, unless of course, they're like Dolores. But, okay, so this whole thing happens. What did you think of the test, the test, Conrad? Um, it seems like uh, a pretty severe method of testing, to be honest, uh, based on based on what her motives seem to be, which is just that she seems to want, you know, real emotion and human connection, which does beg the question why she's even in this park to begin with. Um, you know, you can have sex with humans, in the real world, I'd like. I can you? That's yep. You can do. I've done it. I like. I. I know. I know. For I, a fact I, you can. I, I think. I think. Oh yeah. Look at you, big stuff. But I. But I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think she. Uh, I think she actually just wanted like to think. You know, these. these this guy's paying fifty grand a day to be with me. You know. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's. Maybe it's. Uh, you get to kind of dress it up as something more than it actually is. Um, I mean, I, I will say I was fascinated by this. I think it's. A, it's an interesting. Interesting part of of british colonial history but um it seems like it's immediately fucked so i don't know how much of this we're actually going to see um yeah that exactly. aside my my main takeaway from this was uh the the mention i, I didn't actually catch the the blonde fella's name to be honest um don't know i, I, su- I suspect it doesn't matter um but uh, he mentioned her hunting a wicked tiger and i was immediately like is this doing a jungle book thing are we gonna get a sheer khan and i i I'd like i kind of went back and forth on that joke in my mind thinking oh it's definitely not a real tiger that she's after it's gonna be like a play on words and then a fucking tiger showed up and it was like yeah, okay well, fine two well two episodes ago conrad there was a bengal tiger washed was, up on the shore yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the clues were there for you, Conrad. Yeah, but I, I figured it wasn't going to be as literal as they were setting it up <laughs> yeah. to be. Even though we had seen a tiger, and I, I thought it was going to be a be like a bait the white and switch. whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then no, it's just a literal tiger. So, um, I, and I will say the CGI on that tiger was not great. Um, no. mm-hmm. It. I know. I know. Obviously, you can't use a real tiger for 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 obvious reasons. But um, yeah, it didn't didn't look great. I think the budget must have went into the elephants because they looked pretty good. I thought they were okay. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure they were real. The elephants. No, they weren't. Those are real elephants. I, I, I when when I when I saw that, I was like, I'm pretty sure those are real elephants, which uh, impressed me. But um, oh, I well, mean, they those be... were CG. They were amazing. Should have used a real tiger then to be to be honest. I, now they they gave <laughs> us they gave us the little bait and switch actually, Conrad. Um, so she went into the thing, saw all these dead people, and then he was obviously he thought they were hosts or whatever. And then she yeah. goes, I came with them on the train. But like she waited a good 30 seconds to say it. And that probably caused that guy to get killed. Yeah, I mean, she kept him guessing. and kept him in the dark for longer than she really needed to, to be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, and also, you know, he he didn't have very good awareness of his surroundings. Like the guy, uh, the host who shot him, pretty much snuck up on him without needing to do any sneaking whatsoever. He just sort of walked up, drew a gun and shot him in the chest. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. You know, 
survival instincts weren't weren't really on point for that character. It, that, that's true. He he felt too at home within the park. Whereas I think this character, uh, sort of she she bought straight away that the that that the uh the hosts could be killing them you know what i mean it's it's yeah. not like it's not like she she was saying oh no they can't kill us they must have died some other way she straight away was like okay this guy killed ah uh, you know and and then fuck she had a sawn off shotgun like, that was pretty cool that's her yes, weapon of choice um yeah i th- i think uh she she fired a little early at that tiger don't think it really did did much uh, <laughs> did much to it but um you know we know that she came out unscathed from that encounter and the tiger didn't so Oh, it's fuck. a strong introduction for this character. Mowgli should take a few tips from her. That's all I'll say. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. Yeah, like a big era can uh, can learn a thing or two from this character <laughs> and then impart that knowledge onto Mowgli later on. It is one of the bare necessities I, I hear. But anyway, um... I would love, I would love that to be part of the Raj world. Just, just there's a little section where the jungle, where, but not the Disney Jungle Book. Well, they're both Disney Jungle Books. Not, not the original yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, animated Jungle Book. The Bill Murray Jungle Book is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or even worse, the Andy Circus Jungle Book. Oh, oh god. god, yeah, the, the one, the, <laughs> the one that no one remembers. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So Peter Abernathy. Let's talk about him because he. Uh, Oh, and he's like so, so a cool right rain on a hot day, yeah. Peter Abernathy's back. Yeah, he's so hot right now. But I honestly, like, everyone's after him. Everyone's after him. Dolores mm. is after him. Um, Tessa Thompson, uh, Charlotte's after him. Uh, yeah, Bernard. I thought he knew the plan with Peter, Peter Abernathy, but no, he didn't actually. Um, it's all going off with Peter Abernathy. I just, he's great. Great to have him back. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think if Bernard did know because I don't think. Um, I think Charlotte maybe alluded to the fact she wanted him, maybe, but they didn't actually tell him the the plan. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking uh, that you were implying all the way back to uh, is it Teresa, the security lady from the first season? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Whether she'd revealed it to him because I don't know if she did, but it's possible Charlotte did. Um, well, Peter Abernathy yeah, I mean, wasn't it... Peter Abernathy wasn't involved at that point. It was the big rock head guy at that point. Yeah, that's uh, true. It was it was um, Lee Sizemore and Charlotte who went down to get Peter Abernathy from the, the yeah, cold that's storage. true. Um, but but as you say, great to have him back. I mean, he's he's such a uh, Lewis Hertham, the guy who plays Peter Abernathy, is just such a good actor, and he brings mm-hmm. so much like presence to the role that it's it's awesome to have him back. Even though it's a little bit, as we said when they first picked him out of the lineup of five billion hosts and they just happen to land <laughs> yeah, yeah they just happen to land on lewis hertham's character who we've met before um it, i i don't mind that because i'm just glad to have him back and um the scene i mean first off i i, I don't know if they're going to do any more with this but i love the introduction of this idea that they can just completely change the characters uh personalities yeah. but keep the actors the same so getting yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the jobber bandit guy to be like some virtuous gunslinger i was like oh this could be really fun if someone does this to like teddy and turns teddy into a bad guy for an episode or something like that um yep. and I then um, on- i have to be honest about that conrad that guy with the bowler hat uh, who is who is the uh, who is the uh, not ball hat? It's like a little short top hat, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the, a top mus- hat. the mustachioed uh, bandit who turned into the the, the lovely guns with the gunslinger. I actually, <laughs> yeah. f- I actually like fooled myself. Uh, I've seen this second season once before, and for some reason I forgot they did that to him. So earlier, if you remember, earlier in the first episode of uh, season two. He actually is on the beach in the future yeah. timeline, and he yeah. jumps in front of. They're going to gun them all down, and he jumps in front of the women and says, "Don't you hurt the women?" Um, and uh, I, yeah. And I, and I. Then the next, the next, literally like half an hour later in the same episode, he was like, 
basically implying that he was gonna sexually abuse women and i was just like hang on what this guy the same character i completely forgot that they changed his stats it's hilarious yeah i mean that that i I didn't even thought about that actually but that that makes so much sense now that thinking about that he throws himself in front of those women um yeah yeah, it's a shame that we're not going to see any more of him because i really enjoyed him um but i mean talk about grabbing the baton and then raising the game even more that guy does a great job in this scene and then peter abernathy just singing glory glory and annoying the hell out of charlotte was so funny (laughs) (laughs) just absolute nonsense (laughs) peter abernathy like i love the act that he's able to switch in and out of the different emotions like whenever dolores finally comes over to him and he's like Dolores, is that you? And then he like starts yeah. talking about the farm and all. Oh, it's so cool! It's so great. Yeah, it's great. It is great. And I mean, that's I I I don't I don't know if you wanted to talk about this now, but honestly, like for most of this episode, I was continuing my um my like criticism of the show in that I felt like their shift of Dolores to kind of the role of main antagonist has kind of pulled the emotional heart out of the show because we've yeah. lost Dolores and we've lost Bernard really we're not really getting a lot of like the kind of emotional core from yeah. Bernard either and I feel like I felt like up until this point they're kind of trying to shift Teddy into that role and it's not really working for me mm-hmm. but in this episode the Peter Abernathy Dolores stuff was immediately just like bang Dolores is back as a character and it, and it mm-hmm. was um yeah it was it was it was long overdue but it really worked for me yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, you know, it's good to get... It's almost, it, it almost as well implies that when she does get a connection back to that old Dolores, back to that old world, you sort of see it is still within her. Um, and, and Peter brought it out of her, definitely. I yeah. mean, she did, she did still tell her... Did she tell her father? She either, yeah, either told her father or told Teddy, but she did say that she wants to dominate... Oh, she told Bernard, I want to dominate this world. So yes, she, she, yeah. she, she, she is definitely positioned as the big bad i still think and i think that it's interesting because the show is doing something really interesting with her which i'm not sure i like still but i i i still Mm. think that they are positioning her as a a bad guy almost to the point where this wyatt persona is coming across as a little evil you know it doesn't really it doesn't feel like the like to me right conrad it doesn't feel like the host's are like the rebels from Star Wars. It feels no, like yeah. the hosts are the Empire, and, but we're, but we kind of still want you know. I mean, that, that's yeah. a bad analogy, but the the rebels. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think I mean they're trying to do a sort of Spartacus style thing here, where mm-hmm. like you know they're inflicting violence, but you're still on their side. Um, and I am still on their side because I remember what happened in the first season. But I feel like what I feel towards these characters isn't necessarily being re- really being reflected in their behaviors to each other. But, but mm-hmm. I think I, it's just kind of entropy that's carrying me along on their side. And the fact that there isn't really a strong character on the other, on the other side of that conflict that's, that's bringing me in. I suspect they're trying to do it with like the, the, the Charlotte Bernard's uh, duo, but neither one of those is really getting that much interesting stuff to do, to deal with. So it's, you're kind of following these characters along and they're sort of, acting like villains even though you know that they're not really and it's um yeah it's an odd an odd tone that they're striking at the moment it is and i I, confirmation guys just so you know confirmation bernard's tablet has the brain nut uh scanner device in the corner so it is the all the tablets that have it uh so that wasn't that was a proper retrospective change but we saw the tablets loads of times last year like last season sorry and they just they didn't have that on the corner i think a physical change like that is mental to me how can how could they how could these creators have no um integrity in terms of that like i i i I couldn't i couldn't even fathom doing that you know 
I, I I'll be interested to see where the like brain nut stuff goes because at the moment it just doesn't seem that essential. Um, I assume it has to be because otherwise why would they do it? But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an odd change for something that seems like something that they could have explained away with the technology they had at their at their hands in season one, really. Like I, I would have to be honest with you, Connor. If I was on the set that day, I'd go, right, guys, why do we have to have the new technology on the tablet, which was never there? Can we not just have them plug it in, like to the side of it, like a little USB yeah. port or something? Like I don't, I don't, don't really understand why. They yeah, like a the... separate device, like a, like yeah, a little, a little kind of, you know, like a fob for your car keys, just a little nut scanner yeah. where it's like, <laughs> like yeah, and, like and... So- something that just doesn't like negate the whole prop design from the first one. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so we had a, we had some we already talked about Peter Abernathy, but we had a lot of not only new characters with the characters at the beginning, but a lot of returns in this episode. Actually, mm. we we had Peter Abernathy coming back. We had Snake Lady, who, um, in the words of Hector, has got a dragon now. Um, yes. We all, Why do they have a yeah. flamethrower? Like what? I mean, I, listen. I don't. I don't mind that she turns up still alive, despite bravely sacrificing her say, herself. But if you actually think about that scene, like she turns up with a flamethrower, still alive, still killing people, like a week after shit has gone down. It's mm-hmm. just like it may- I don't mind it because it is cool, but it makes no sense. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I will I admit as well. Yeah. Like I was brought down a bit by the fact that Felix and Sylvester show up, and then literally the next scene, I was like, oh god, these yeah. guys. Like well, you know, like I kind of feel like Felix and Sylvester. Well, first time I watched this, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if i can really remember what happens with them so this is kind of a theory on my part but maybe it's just maybe it's just deeply recessed in my brain but I, whenever i see them now and like because of the way the park has gone to shit i kind of view them like those two pirates from pirates of the caribbean mackenzie crook being one who oh. accidentally change sides and like or or not even them like you know like the uh the british naval officers who turn into pirates in the third one yeah. or whatever yeah they just ever like when the series just became oops everyone's a pirate kind of yeah <laughs> like <laughs> Like that, they're, they're, at some point they're gonna do it. They're gonna do a, like a pullback and reveal that when Maeve said f- to Felix, "Oh, don't worry, you're human." It was actually a lie, and he's just a host as well. And then, and then they can get rid of him without having to worry about the morals of it because he could just be resurrected with the magic yeah, wand yeah, at yeah. some point. Um. Yeah. So yeah, so many returns. I, I felt. I feel like. I feel like Felix and Sylvester and the Snake Lady, they all came... Well, I suppose they were all kind of like a group, weren't they? They all came back, and she had a grenade yeah. in his a grenade in Sylvester's uh, mouth, was it? Or his yeah. neck? Or yeah, I think it was... It was. It, yeah, I couldn't really tell where it was. I think it might have been kind of like hooked into his jaw or something, because um, yeah. he was speaking a little weirdly. But uh, yeah, which was... I mean, it seems a bit unnecessary. I don't understand why she couldn't just handcuff him like she handcuffed everyone else. But I guess the implication is perhaps that she wanted him to shut up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, okay, the the burning guy. Um, now I HBO seems maybe maybe they're just like this is like this season two now. It was huge in season one. They're like this is the next Game of Thrones. So they're trying to make it really huge, really spectacle. Having like literally having a guy be set on fire. My I know like the stunt guy got paid for it, but my per, my personal opinion is like you know my wife works in the film industry. She's she actually witnessed the world record burn in season eight of uh, which was like fifteen guys or something get set on fire at the same time. This is serious fucking business. Like setting someone on fire is dangerous, very yes. dangerous, and this served absolutely no fucking point except for hey, let's introduce this character who we've seen three episodes ago 
in a cool way. I I don't think this was a legitimate like a sort of story reason it, to to risk it, someone's life. It was the dude who'd had his face burned in the plastic stuff, wasn't it? In the um, that they burned. Um, no, in, oh, in the white stuff. No, no, he got yeah, taken. He stuff. got he got taken away by the um. He got taken away by the Confederados. I'm talking about the, the snake lady had her flamethrower and just burned this guy, and he started running down the corridor on oh, fire. Oh, okay, that guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, it's spectacle. You know, it's 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 kind of I, I can understand it because it's you know that 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 it comes at that kind of midway through the episode, uh, midway midway point through the episode where they're like we want to wake up the audience by you know uh, an explosion or some some action sequence, and this is what they landed on. But it it is a bit. I don't know. It, it like it's not really an important character. It doesn't really have that much weight to it, and it's not. It's a cool reintroduction of the character, though. I guess you know, it's nice, nice to see her back, um, and and it kind of reaffirms her status as a badass. So I don't, I don't mind it. I, I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, okay, and I'm sure the stunt guy was happy with his fucking five grand or whatever he got because they get a huge amount of money every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time they have to burn. Um. Yeah. Okay. So fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Now, the the Confederados. Right. Um, I don't really. Is it they were just used as bait? Basically, they were bait for for the yes. for, for the for the modern army guys, so that they could explode them with the boxes of uh, gunpowder. Um, yes. What do you think about that? Like, and also, it, it sort of leads to Dolores saying, "Not everyone deserves to get get in where they're going." You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, so I mean. I've joked a lot about how the Confederados are essentially like the stormtroopers of Westworld. There's just there are as many of them as the show needs them to be. It is a bit lazy, though. You know the fact that I'm comparing them to Star Wars, which is you know yeah. Star Wars is fine, but it's not like you know the the most complex of uh, storytelling. It is is pretty damning for a show that actually can deal in some pretty <clears throat> some pretty deep stuff when it wants to and be quite complex when it wants to, and mm-hmm. and and I think the fact they've taken them from this like group of disenfranchised former Confederate soldiers who were you know buying guns from crime lords in the first season and it was implied you know there's a handful of them left who were just hanging on to this conflict to there just being as many Confederados as you need who still hold like bases and stuff like that just feels a bit stupid to me um I I would much rather there be a new faction introduced or or, you know just just I don't know change it up a bit rather than just always being Confederados um and then the the action sequence itself now i'm i'm not in the forces i've never been in the forces but watching a bunch of security dudes walk across an open field mm. towards a, towards an entrenched position is some world war 1 level nonsense it's just like it just felt like I t- I, it felt like someone had watched Lord of the Rings before they shot this, and they were like, "That's still how this fight would happen, even if everyone's got assault rifles." Uh, it, it's like, that's, not, that's not how you ins- you assault an entrenched position. But um, I mean, it was okay. It, it, uh, honestly, like the 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 four assault sequence i was checking my phone at points because i was like this is just dumb like and i know i know where this is going to end yeah. like it, it, it and, uh, and it was it kind of got to the point where i was like just get to the bit where you pull the trap betray the confederados and all these soldiers who are idiots anyway and are completely nameless die so we can get on with the interesting stuff which is pretty damning i think for this show because they normally do action pretty well but this this was not a good action sequence i don't think yeah and maybe maybe it's also because like the action these days is not sort of playing on the idea that it's 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 within this narrative that we're also mm. seeing 
deviations from the narrative it's now just an action show you know it's yeah. just it's what we see <clears throat> happening is happening and lay and pl- like there's no there's no layers that all these people all these hosts have done this before there's none of those layers yeah. anymore it's yeah, just I, that's that's yeah. definitely a big part of it and, and also i just think there's no stakes to it at the moment it's sort of you know you've got dolores and teddy and um the the other lady whose name i can't remember on on one side and then you've just got a bunch of jobbers on the other side like there's no stakes to this fight it's obvious which side is going to win because mm-hmm. because one side has three main characters on it and the other one has absolutely no one on it and it's like well yeah. this is this is literally just like uh, you might as well just just flash bright lights on the screen and say explosion 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 skip forward to actual important story stuff because there's nothing important happens in that action sequence yeah yeah okay fair enough i i get you I, I something important does happen though after the sequence That's true. uh yeah when, whenever teddy refuses to kill well, he doesn't he, he pretends he does but uh the confederado little mustache man uh she he confuses he yeah like little matthew mcconaughey type uh, <laughs> that's exactly what he reminds me of (laughs) right he just stands up when tony refuses to shoot him like all right all right all right (laughs) yeah 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 catch down the road brother uh so basically uh teddy doesn't want to shoot him dolores Mm. sees this and it stirs the wyatt inside of her i don't think i think she's disappointed with teddy i think she's disappointed yeah i mean i think so i i said i said before that the um the return of uh some of the emotional heart of the show is is as welcome when when she has her sort of tear, tearful reunion with uh, with her dad peter um mm-hmm. and um that is great i do also feel like they are trying they are sowing the seeds of descent between teddy and uh wyatt which is probably how teddy ends up dead in the uh in that sort of inland sea where we saw all the bodies in the mm. in the present day um so it'll be interesting to see how we get there and probably quite tragic for teddy i think because he of all the characters, of all the hosts' characters, um, he's probably the one who's getting the most to do at the moment. I think um, that, like his his struggle to deal with his uh, loyalty to and commitment to Dolores and his kind of moral code is is interesting to see. And I I kind of wish they would shine more of a spotlight on it. Because at the moment, he's just like. He gets the occasional moments, but they, mm-hmm. I feel like he could they, he could be given more because he's probably the most interesting character in the show at the moment. I think. Yeah, so it sort of speaks to me like James Marsden wasn't actually on set very often, possibly. Um, yeah, and and therefore they couldn't give him a, ma- a major major role. So therefore mm. he's he just has some things where he's just like looking off into space and stuff. But yeah, like I, I yeah, he's because even in the in the in the, in the scenes where him and, uh, where uh, sorry Dolores is the one speaking and he's standing next to her. He doesn't say much, which makes me think no. maybe James Marsden wasn't there a lot of the time. Um, yeah, okay, Conrad. Well, we've got a new segment this week. Um, the, the, <laughs> there was a moment in this episode where Lee Sizemore sort of basically said that Maeve and Hector should not be together because it's not in the story. Yeah. It's not in the narrative, you know. And I, so I thought, you know, why don't we ask the question, uh, who else shouldn't be together, Conrad? So this is the new segment. Two star-crossed lovers holding hands, what else would lovers do? Lee Sizemore said it's not to be, and Hector said fuck you. And now they're walking hand in hand, looking for a child. Mr. Samurai, do you mind? Okay, so the new segment, we are going to be analyzing relationships in real time. Conrad and I are going to be presenting one celebrity couple who we think 
in 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 the words of uh, Lee Sizemore, should not be a thing. Uh, they shouldn't they shouldn't be together. Um, so Conrad, I gave you about half an hour prep on this one. Who have you come up with? So I always have one loaded in the chamber as far as this rega- <laughs> this goes, and I'll I'll preface this by saying it is purely uh, motivated by self interest and jealousy. Um, the couple I have selected for this is of course Florence Pugh and Zach Braff. Um, because Florence Pugh is amazing and Zach Braff is about 70 years old and made bad films. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I do that, that one is a bit strange to me too because not even actually... I, I don't think the age is too much of a problem for me. When you're in a... You know, I think it's, it's all about context, you know what I mean? But at the same time, because Zach Braff is like a celebrity from a show when I watched when I was like 12 or 13... And Florence Pugh is literally only like having like coming out now. Yeah, it's like, hang on, these aren't the right generation of stars yeah. to be together. She's here. just, it's just like you watch. I not that I want her to go through a sequence of like Hollywood relationships or anything, but it is a bit like you've saddled yourself the wrong horse here, Florence. Yeah. Like, come on, you could be, you could be dating, I don't know, one of One Direction or something, something like that. You know, <laughs> think of the possibilities. But instead, she's just like, no, no, I'm sticking with I'm no Superman over here. Thank you very much. It's funny you say that. This is not my couple, but I th- I did actually think that Liam Payne from One Direction and Cheryl Cole was a weird uh, pairing as well because she mm. was on the judges panel when he auditioned at like 14 years old and now they have a baby together. Um, that is that is a little weird. That, that is, is a more than weird. a little weird. Uh, all I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't like doing the sort of, oh, you know, reverse the situation between a man and a woman because often that's a very bad faith argument. But I yeah. do think if you reverse the roles in that situation, <laughs> there would be some questions asked. Yeah, 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 if, if, yeah. Exactly. If like a thirty-year-old or a fourteen. Anyway, yeah. Okay, it would be weird. Um, but I think that's a good tra- good shout. Zach Braff and Florence Pugh. It's a little. It's a little bit like Jason Sudeikis and uh, and what do you call her? Um, Olivia Wilde doesn't quite. Yeah, there's something not right about that. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's someone has some leverage over someone else in that relationship. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my one is um, I came up with this one, and actually the funny thing is I really like them as a couple, but um. It's just it's it's just something in me is just like what's going on in the world like Zendaya and Tom Holland is my two, and the reason for that is because I I I view this is it's like the opposite for both people right I view Tom Holland as Peter Parker hundred percent I cannot mm. view him as anything else I view him as Peter Parker but it's hilarious because I can't not view Zendaya as not as Zendaya you know as not Zendaya. So I don't mm. view her as MJ. I don't view her as Mary Jane. I view her as Zendaya. So therefore, in my mind, Zendaya, the cool like sort of singer actress, is dating Peter Parker. <laughs> That's really weird to me. Well, I mean, I think from from my perspective, like Pete, um, I would say I almost called him Peter Parker. Then um, <laughs> Tom Holland grew up in the town that I also grew up in, um, and therefore I feel like I am vicariously dating Zendaya as well. And I can so tell you right now. This. I well no well I I would do a piss poor job of dating Zendaya to be honest so like I can only imagine Tom Holland's doing a bad one as well <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, so, so I'm against that relationship in, uh, as a matter of principle. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the self-deprecating humor of the of the Brits coming out coming out of Conrad Conrad there. Right, Conrad, we've got one or two more things to talk about. Maybe one or yeah. To, so we're, we're talking all about Maeve and Hector and stuff, and hmm. this 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 storyline is. I'm gonna be honest with you. At the end of season one, when she gets off the train, a little bit like, you know, at the end of Friends, he got off the plane, right? Um, yeah. When he when she gets off the train to go look for her daughter, that's a real awesome 
end of the series thing it's like yes 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 she's gonna do it and then they start yeah. writing season two and they're like why what's what's Maeve gonna be doing well she's gonna be going to get her daughter it's like oh this is fucking boring like yeah they they're making this story meander because they realize that they don't know how to fill 10 episodes of Maeve going to find her daughter yes I'm, I, I have no doubt that by episode 9 or episode 10 we're going to get the emotional sequence where she finds her daughter and there's a there's some kind of, of, of reunion or, or, or maybe it'll be an anticlimax because the daughter doesn't remember her but there'll be some kind of conclusion to that arc but it does feel like all this stuff that's happening in the middle is just spinning wheels until she gets there um mm-hmm. uh, which is is not the end of the world it's not the only television series that has characters kind of just holding fire until they get their moment in the spotlight i think the problem for me is this storyline has started to draw attention to itself by some bad elements of the show. And and I know we just joked about it, but Lee's you shouldn't mm-hmm. be together. You're not programmed is just the most like on the nose writing. It is really, really poor. Like it's, it's, it, it's, it's a realization that I feel like that character would have come to 10 episodes ago than where he is at the moment. It, mm-hmm. it just, it do- doesn't feel true to his character, idiot though he may be. So I, I really didn't didn't enjoy that uh, that little that little exchange. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think Maeve and Hector are carrying this plotline at the moment because they have they have natural charisma and, uh, and and chemistry with one another. So I'm still invested in it, but they do need to they do need to get a move on and start showing some forward progress with it. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, the last thing I wanted to talk about then. We do get samurais. Um, yeah. Yes. Sam- we samurai. Well, samurai. Samurai and, and, a, and a fifth, we'll say, because we got a samurai head, head it, with yeah, a helmet, yeah, yeah. and then what might have been a ninja. Oh. We don't know. It's shrouded in darkness. Yeah, yeah. We. Well, I think. I think I did see a sword though. Well, that could still be a ninja. ninjas can have swords. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right about that. Um, yeah. But okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, so I'm looking forward to seeing that next episode. Um, yeah. Conrad, do you? I, do you can I? Yeah. Can I make a call about yeah, the samurai stuff? So, in any Western adaptation of samurai mm. stuff, there are two actors that are called upon. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is now and say one of these two actors is going. I don't know this. This is, a, this is a, this is a blind shot here. But one of these two actors is going to be in the show. Either Ken Watanabe or Hiroyuki Sanada. One of those two actors is in this show <laughs> because America does not know how to make samurai stuff without getting one of the dudes from the Last Samurai to appear in it. <laughs> okay. Well, interesting. Uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, I know one of those names is definitely not in it. The other guy, I'm less. Uh... Oh, okay. Sure about. I can't remember. There is a couple, like, sort of of the bit, like, you know, you get a couple of samurais who are sort of the the head honcho ones who could be yeah. one of those. But, yes, yeah, so, okay. I'm Good super thing- looking forward to this, though. Like, I, that, that I'm really excited about it because I, I love samurai mm-hmm. stuff. And it's a good thing that that's the Maeve storyline because that was starting to dwindle. So now we're getting the samurai stuff through that storyline. I will I will ask you this, Conrad. So you've said there that, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to make that prediction. There's a couple, like, so... There's a couple of areas we could make predictions on this episode, and basically what I wanted to get from you is a theory, potentially. Now, you, your theory could be that there is no one, but the, the woman we met, meet at the start, do you think she's connected to the storyline in any way, or is she just someone who goes to the park, to the to the Raj, and ended up in Westworld at the end? Mm. She, mu- she must be important. She, like, the, she's She's got to be like the ford equivalent of of the raj or, or something along those lines you know or, or the, the, 
I feel like she she knows how if you were if you were a human like a a regular guest in a park you wouldn't be producing guns and shooting people to prove that they are human so you can have sex with them. I I feel like my point about how you can go outside the park and have sex with humans maybe reveals that she's kind of stuck in the park because she works there or something along those lines. So um yeah, I, I think I think she's going to be a significant player in that park and maybe in Delos as a whole. Although I don't actually know if it's been confirmed that Delos owns the, all the other parks or not. I think it probably has, but I can't remember. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, because they all got similar symbols, so I assume it's all the same company. Um, yeah. But he, okay, okay, okay. So that that's fair enough. And another another question for you: We saw the tiger was able to walk through the laser beam, so. Are we going to get the man in black walking around, going around on an elephant? That's the question for you. Oh, that'd be great. I what I what <laughs> I want is for a kind of Ready Player One style sequence where the hosts of the 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 many fold nations of the of the West Worlds and Shogun Worlds and Raj Worlds combine in one massive army and they like turn up riding elephants <laughs> and yeah. eagles and tigers and all sorts of all sorts of weird and wonderful beasts. Um I don't know if the man in black will be with them. I, I honestly I have no idea what the man in black is up to at the <laughs> like his his plot line is I'm gonna shoot young Ford and I'm gonna go hang out with Laz El Lazo. Like that's yeah. that's like his his plan. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make Giancarlo Esposito kill himself. That's that's his his plan so far. So maybe he'll end up in this. But I mean, he's another character. Where I'm a bit like something needs to happen with you because you're you're a great character, but you're just kind of spinning your wheels at the moment. Um, so if mm-hmm. they do want to, you know, fast track him to becoming part of some elephant cavalry. That's absolutely fine by me. Fair enough. Yeah, I, that's what I kind of want to happen. So uh, even even though I know what happened to the end of season three, even in season four, I'm hoping for it. Like I, I'll never stop hoping for Ed Harris in the back of an elephant. But yeah. thank you very much, guys, for listening. Uh, this has been episode three of Westworld season two. We'll be back next week with episode four of uh, season two. And if you want to support the podcast, there's loads of links in the description below. We have uh, a subscription button, would you believe? It's a little red one. You can click it. It says subscribe on it. Uh, you can also like the video. That'll help us a lot. And if you want to send us an email, it's adpodmail.gmail.com. Haven't said that for a while, Conrad. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. And I'll see you later. Bye. Sayonara. Sayonara.